Baby, we didn't think you were that serious about it. She says, but I wanted it. She says, but you had never brought it up ever, ever in the history of ever. You're going to Hawaii? Oh, I love Hawaii because it's so different from Santa Monica. I don't even know how to describe it. I should have given this some serious thought. You're going to Hawaii? You're going to Hawaii? Hey, it's Dan Class. Time once again for the Bitters Pill podcast thing. You know what I mean. I'm in my garage. I'm in Los Angeles. I live at the airport. I live under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. I'm sort of a stay-at-home dad. Uh, failed, failing, struggling actor, shut-in. I used to be a stay-at-home dad. Now I'm a guy with no job because my kids are in school. Once your kids are in school all day, really, and they can kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Once they know... <laughs> Once they start learning fractions, you know what, dude? I, I don't. I think your usefulness here has been exhausted. Might be time to move on with your life. So I apparently have devoted my life to waiting around for the next audition. Wow, what a what a great way to spend your eighty years, Dan. Well done. Good choice. Good choice. So the last time we spoke, now the last time we spoke, I had just had my eyes examined. And, um, yeah, so this is what happened though. I had my eyes examined on April 1st and I'm sitting there in the chair and I'm trying to make small talk, you know, with this new eye doctor. Cause, um, you know, I don't know her. She's kind of young and cute. I admit it. And, um, but generally, you know, you go into these situations and do you do this? Do you feel like you kind of have to be charming? I always get that feeling, um, and maybe it's just the kind of middle-class, uh, you know, suburban guy in me. I f- always feel like I have to be, uh, like, middle-class charming, you know? So I relate to the doctor as she's examining my eyes that I heard on National Public Radio that morning. Did I tell you this yet? The doctors had, um, there was a doctor in San Diego that was working on a procedure, a surgical procedure. You know, now with the proliferation of 3D TVs, right? Everybody's got a 3D TV. We're all going to 3D movies. This was a surgical procedure where he would do something to your eyes. And then when you were done, you wouldn't need glasses to see 3D movies and 3D TV. And how glorious was that? And they had, you know, interviews with people that had undergone this experimental uh, surgery. And they were quite happy with it. And then at the end, they said, you know, some people are... uh, experiencing a slight blurriness after the procedure when they're just kind of looking at the regular world and that there are uh, glasses for that. So I relate this to my doctor. I'm like, hey, you know, doc, did you hear on the radio that somebody, and I think this is so ironic, somebody came up with a surgical procedure so you don't have to wear glasses to watch 3D stuff, and yet, you know, it gives you blurry vision, so then you got to wear glasses. Ah, Dan, you know what? It was April 1st, you jackass. Now, in my defense, NPR did it with such a straight face, and I was so half asleep. I mean, I wasn't exactly driving in my car. I had just woken up. It was 6.15. And, you know, they used that serious tone. But the really bad part of it was that I related it to an eye doctor. To someone who went right to medical school for eyeballs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, a guy in San Diego. Isn't that crazy? Oh, what a jerk. 
It wasn't until later that day I went, oh. Oh, no. This is not good. This is not good at all. So, where to begin, my friend? I know it's been a while. The kids the kids were on spring break last week. Now, let's begin at the beginning. Shall we? Every year about this time, we go to Hawaii. And I, when I say every year, what I mean is for the past several years, four years, maybe five years, five years, I think it's been, holy crow, uh, we go to Hawaii. Now, the reason we go to Hawaii is that my wife has to go to Hawaii on a business trip because she works in advertising and her clients do this thing where they go to Hawaii and my wife has to go and she, you know, gives a presentation and she hangs out with them. And then, you know, she and I end up going to a couple dinners and the family's there and the family and I, you know, we eat $25 hamburgers for a week and swim in the pool all day. And it's pretty, uh, right. So it was coming time for this year's, you know, extravaganza. And my wife and I talked, Melissa, you know, Melissa. So Melissa and I talked and she was kind of feeling like, listen, you know, she said, I got this new boss that's been installed above her. He's got things covered. Maybe she should just bow out and she'll kind of like gracefully suggest, hey, you know what? I don't need to go, right? I don't, you know, it costs us money to go. But unfortunately this year, the um, trip was perfectly in line, not only with the kids' spring break, which last year, for instance, we had to take Hudson out of school for a week. So he was out of school for a week, almost a week and a half for spring break. And then we took him out of school. Basically, we should have just not, we should have homeschooled him last year. So um, not only did the Hawaii trip this year line up with spring break, but it lined up perfectly with my daughter's birthday. My daughter's birthday was during that same time. So my wife got in touch with her superiors. And when I say superiors, I really don't mean superiors. I mean the people that are her bosses. And I said, (laughs) uh, and she said, listen, I don't need to go. Don't feel like you're doing me a favor by making me go or having me go or telling me I can go. I don't need to go. Don't necessarily want to go. Don't want to spend the money to go. I can stay here and man the fort. You guys go have fun, have some cocktails with umbrellas and do your thing, go swimming and have a meeting and everything. Right? And that way we can save the money and stay here, have spring break, just chill, whatever, have the birthday. Okay. Well, the bosses get back to her and go, no, 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 no. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. The client will miss you. They love you. You got to go. You got to go. Can I not go? No, you cannot not go. You got to, got to go. So we tell the kids, well, guess what, kids? We're going to Hawaii. Now. Um, this year the trip was into Maui and I, and I'm going to sound like a really spoiled person right now. And that's okay. Cause I, in this way I am. When we go on these trips, Maui is the least of the good ones. You know what I mean? Like the, the places that we have been going to with these big trips have been spectacular. Just unbelievably, if this were on my dime, we wouldn't be here spectacular. Like, really, we could never afford to go on these trips. I've said that before. I'll say it again. It is so the truth. We can't go on. Okay. The Maui trip, again, 
spectacular, but just not just not the same. It's kind of like a big hotel. I always feel like I'm in Las Vegas. The hotel's so big. You end up walking around a hotel a lot. It's just not the same. But we tell the kids we're going to Hawaii and they freak out, right? They want to go. Of course they want to go because we're going to swim for five days. Swim in the pool, swim in the ocean. Maybe Hudson can take some surfing lessons. We'll do this, we'll do that. Ba ba ba. Okay. Well, going on one of these trips involves making sure that all the kids have, you know, the, both the kids have all the clothing they need. We got to get this special sunblock because my daughter's face gets a little sun on it and then it reacts to the salt water that they put in the pools and then her face starts to peel off and break and bleed and split and it's horrible. The poor little thing, she's always in hell. We're always trying to get her to not get sunburned, but somehow she gets some sort of like suntan lotion uh, salt water burn. Basically, we're brining my daughter in Hawaii every year, and we're trying to stop this. We order we, we order a hundred dollars worth of sunblock, special sunblock recommended by the dermatologist. Now, keep in mind this is the same dermatologist that recommended the sunblock that is peeling her face off. But this is guaranteed to be non-peel your face off in the sunshine and the salt water sunblock. It's only a hundred dollars. Holy crap! You've got to be kidding. So. But my daughter needs dresses and she needs some nice looking flip flops. And my son needs a couple of new pairs of bathing suits, shorty shorts, whatever the heck, you know, because we're going to we got to be presentable. I don't know what I need. I've got these stupid shirts that I wear every year to try to fit in. They've got little, you know, they're like. The most sort of like uh, nod to the fact that because everybody goes there, they go out of their heads. Like, I don't know what it is about being in Hawaii. They, um. I assume they don't dress like this all year long, but guys, when they go to Hawaii, they have to wear island wear, like shirts with big flowers on. It's just ridiculous. Like the stereotypical, like the richest guys that I've ever met have to wear these like tropical wear shirts. Now, keep in mind, they're from Tommy Bahama. They're about $18,000 each. I get mine at Target. But my daughter's so excited because she's going to have her birthday there in Hawaii. So we're going to have a fancy dinner. It'll be like all this. It'll be like all that. It'll be great in spring break. And it is actually working out pretty perfectly that it's going to be exactly on spring break. Now at school, the kids get to bring a treat. Do they do that at your school? Do you have kids? Of course you do. Or don't. Um, you what you can do, and when I say can, what you're expected to do, because it's the right. It's what the community has created. The parent brings treats for the class on the child's birthday. So my child, knowing that she was going to be in Hawaii for her birthday, she wanted me to bring them the Friday before spring break or whatever day of the week it was. It was actually on a like. Wednesday, because then Thursday and Friday were going to be teacher conferences, and then spring break was going to officially start. So she wanted ice cream sandwiches. So I got the ice cream sandwiches. Now, it's another one of those runaround days, but trust me, I didn't drink a lot of liquids. Because I had to go essentially up to Burbank to see the accountant. I was going to try to see Grant. You know Grant from the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd? I had it in my head that I was going to go up to Burbank, see the accountant, Go to Ikea, because I had to go to Ikea to get a lamp. And then I was going to see Grant, and then I was going to go with the ice cream sandwiches. And then 
about halfway through that plan, Grant and I called each other like, I don't have time for this. And he was running late and I was running uh, like realistically and it just wasn't going to work out, which was a shame. But I had to run around up to Burbank and then back. And trust me, I did not drink a drop of Snapple. My dear, dear friend. So I get back with the ice cream sandwiches. It's perfect timing. My daughter's so happy. Oh, she's got the cutest little happy face. And we go outside and I'm handing out the ice cream sandwiches. We got to get everybody loaded up on sugar before they go. And I give them to one of her friends. Now I'm handing out ice cream sandwiches. My daughter and I are handing out free ice cream. Sandwiched between two chocolate cookies. And she looks at it and she said, no, I'm really proud of myself because I only get, whenever this comes up, I only get, oh shoot, what's that brand? Oh shoot, I'm totally... Totally drawing a blank. But you know what I mean? It's like not the, I don't get whatever I do as I do not get the grocery store brand of ice cream sandwiches. I get the real ice cream sandwiches from the real brand name. Whatever that brand name is, you know what I'm talking about. I can't think of it right now. Spare me. I'm an old man. So I'm really proud of myself because I've got what I consider to be the creme de la creme of ice cream sandwich has. Okay. And my daughter and I are handing them out, and I hand it to this one girl who's usually, I, well, you know what, honestly, I don't know her. I know her mom. Her mom is great and wonderful and so sweet and so down to earth. She's so great. I just think she's the greatest. And I give this kid, the daughter, the sandwich, and she looks at it, and she, like, goes, ah, that's it? It's so small. Now, if it had been one of my kids... I would have taken the ice cream sandwich. I probably might have even been moved to then drop it on the ground and smash it with my foot or shove it into my own mouth. Because if it's that disappointing, chuck you, Farley. But I'm not with my kids. I'm with other people's kids. And I don't know how toughy, tough love you can get, right? You can't say Shinola with other people's kids. So I'm like, what do you mean, darling? Well, it's just so small. You know why it's small? Because it's the good one. That's the size the good ones are. They're kind of square and good. Did you want me to get you a big crappy one, you jerk? How dare you? But luckily, none of that comes out of my mouth because the kid's only eight. And what does she know? But we're all eating ice cream sandwiches, and it's a beautiful day. My daughter's so happy, and she's wearing the special It's My Birthday hat as we eat the ice cream sandwiches. Even the teachers are having ice cream sandwiches, and I get them all handed out. And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm even going to have an ice cream sandwich because I got too many. Because you always got to bring too many just in case. You never know what's going to happen, right? So I've got too many. I've got ice cream sandwiches, and I'm handing them out, and everybody's having fun, and we're eating ice cream sandwiches, and everybody's happy. Thank you, Shalou's dad, and thank you, Mr. Glass, and it was awfully small but thank you mr clap right okay so then i say to to uh to lou hey to lou did you tell uh mrs teacher and miss teacher where you're gonna spend your real birthday because you know it's on spring break what did you uh, uh? and she's just beaming she's like we're going to hawaii and the teacher's like you're going to hawaii and everybody in california acts like hawaii's on mars the difference between California and Hawaii really, honestly, in many ways, is six-hour 
flight. Other than that, it's not really dissimilar. It's not like we live in St. Paul and we're going to Hawaii. And I say this every year and I know, but it is kind of weird how Californians, we live in Southern California, like a stone's throw. Literally, I'm sitting within four or five miles of the Pacific Ocean, the beach. And people are like, you're going to Hawaii? Oh, I love Hawaii because it's so different from Santa Monica. But my daughter's thrilled because when we go to Hawaii, we get to swim and hang out all day. It's great. I mean, we could do that here, but we don't do it here because we don't know where to go here. I guess we'd have to stay at the Four Seasons in Santa Monica. Is there a Four Seasons in Santa Monica? It might be cheaper to just go there for the week than flying all the way right to Hawaii. So then I have the idea, because see, Hudson doesn't get out of school when Tulu gets out of school. He's 45 minutes later. So we're out of school. We got 45 minutes to kill. So I say to Tulu, listen, baby, do you want to hang around here and play with your friends? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, I got an idea. I've got extra ice cream sandwiches. And they're going to melt if I don't get them to the car. Because it's going to be a little cooler in the car. But even in the car, for 45 minutes, they're going to melt. So let's, you and I, this is our secret. We're going to go to the car and we're each going to have another ice cream sandwich. So she thinks this is about the greatest thing she has heard since she heard that we're going to Hawaii. The idea that we're going to sneak off to the car and she and dad are going to each get to sneak and have an extra ice cream sandwich. How delicious. So we go out to the car, we get in the car and I give her her ice cream sandwich and I get out mine and I start eating my, and my phone rings. And well, actually, I think the phone rang before we got in the car, so it didn't kick in the Bluetooth because the Bluetooth automatically puts everything on speakerphone and it was not on speakerphone. It was on not speakerphone. And it's my wife and she says, hey, how are you? And I say, good. And she says, am I on speakerphone? And I say, no. And she goes, okay, you're sure I'm not on speakerphone? And she's being kind of cheery. And I'm like, nope, pretty sure that you're not on speakerphone. I'm holding the phone to my head and nobody can hear you. People are busy here eating ice cream. And she goes, okay, good. Because the trip is off. And there's nothing I can do about it. The powers that be have changed the thing and the this and the that and da 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 and I gotta stay home and work on a new pitch. I can't go to Hawaii. You can't go. Nobody can go. We're not going. And I say, Really? Ha! Ha ha ha! Uh-huh. Are you sure? And she says, Yes, I'm sure. Because we have the new pitch. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, well, I guess we'll talk about it when we get home. Yes, don't say anything, Melissa says. Wait till you get home. I will talk to the kids. We'll talk to the kids. Don't say anything. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, talk to you soon. And we hang up. 
So now I'm buzzed on eating two ice cream sandwiches because I really shouldn't be eating ice cream sandwiches. So I've got two ice cream sandwiches coursing through my veins. I've got an eight-year-old in the back seat who's not quite eight yet, but she can't wait to talk more about how excited she is to celebrate her eighth birthday and to turn eight in Maui. So I'm like, yeah, 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 baby, it's going to be great. What time is your brother get out of school again? There's no easy way to tell children that they are not going to spend five days swimming and eating $25 hamburgers in Hawaii. My wife, being the adult that she is, did not put it off. We got home. And my wife came into the living room and sat the kids down and she said, kids, I've got some really bad news. And my daughter jokingly said, we're not going to Hawaii? Because <laughs> clearly there's no way that that could be. That's right. How did you know? What? In the tears. And the tears and the tears. Now, I won't get into the details of a lot of other stuff surrounding the whole thing, but it's one of those things where you go into this kind of pitch situation, this advertising pitch situation, especially now that she has a new person above her that's making decisions, gatekeeping type of decisions. My wife you know, is in utter hell because she feels like she's just going to be pouring her time uselessly down a black hole to get ready for this pitch, when in fact she could be at Hawaii uh, simultaneously enjoying things with her family, but also really doing a lot for their client-agency relationship. But we assure the kids, you know what we'll do, kids? Mommy's got to work at the beginning of the week, but maybe at the end of the week, mommy can get some time and we'll go somewhere. We're just going to make a plan. We're going to go somewhere. Maybe we'll go to Palm Springs. Maybe we'll go to Santa Monica. We'll go somewhere. We'll go somewhere where we can go swimming. Please stop crying. We'll go somewhere where we can swim. We can swim. And maybe go in the ocean or go to a zoo. We'll go to a hiking. We'll go on a hiking at a hike at a zoo near the ocean, near a, an expensive hamburger. Well, it's a rough couple of days for all for all of us. I mean, even for me, I don't take these things well, and I'm I'm PO'd because that's five days that I do not get off of doing dishes and cooking dinner. Because that's the upside. Uh, the downside of a twenty five dollar hamburger is that it's twenty five dollars. The upside is you don't have to cook it. Nice, tan, young men and women in pressed white shorts and polo shirts serve you food for five days at the poolside. Not bad. Expensive is all Hades, but not bad. So we, we got people to suggest places for us in Palm Springs, but the truth was we knew that Melissa's schedule was not going to be her own. We did a little research, you know, and then suddenly when you're really looking at like voluntarily completely voluntarily spending that money instead of only semi-voluntarily because it's one of those things like 
when you know your wife has a free room for you at a four-star resort, you kind of that the spending the money feels one way, and when you're just arbitrarily calling places, that that's we can't do that. We need a new barbecue, and we need work done on the house and the this, and we need new right. Okay. And my wife, my wife did do between like concepting sessions. She did a little research on a couple of resorts in um, Palm Springs. They got very high ratings on Yelp. And they all look really good. They both were like, yeah, this looks really good, really good, really good. Until she got to the part where it's like, oh, wait, these are single gender uh, clothing optional. Yeah, I don't know. We were even telling friends like, yeah, we found these places. They were single gender clothing optional. And my wife says to me, well, Dan, would you ever go to a place that was single gender clothing optional? I said, well, it depends on what the other gender is. What's the single gender? Is it uh, boys or girls? Now, we, um, well, now, you know, now we've got to get birthday gifts for my daughter. And so we asked my daughter what she wants for her birthday. And she says, and, and it's always one of those weird things. Now, if you ask my son, he won't say anything. He's like, I don't know. Remember he said telescope. He's like, oh, I don't know. Telescope. And the. The way the telescope has worked out is pretty much exactly how I would have imagined. We bought it. We wrapped it. He unwrapped it. He loved it. He freaked out. He was so grateful, so happy. We took it out in the backyard. We set it up. It took us a while to find the moon. We found the moon. Looking at the moon through a like 40X or 100X or 250X lens, whatever that thing is, is pretty amazing. It was a clear and beautiful night. You could see the craters on the surface of the moon, but especially very pronounced, not on in the middle of the moon, but around the edges where, you know, obviously with the naked eye, the moon looks completely round. But of course, we all know it has craters. So if you see it up close-ish enough, you can see the craters on the edge of the moon. So we looked at that, we showed his sister, we showed his mom. We dismantled the telescope and it's been sitting on the floor of his room ever since. So then when my daughter makes her list, she's like, oh, dad, what do you want for your birthday? Well, let's see. I want um, walkie talkies. Really? Yeah. I want walkie talkies, uh, a remote control helicopter. What are you talking about? Um, I want a stuffed, like a psych you know, stuffed animal like a pillow or something. Now, Psych is a TV show that's on USA Network that my daughter and my son, in that order, watch 24 hours a day if we let them. And we've talked about Psych before. It's a very good show, very funny show. It's about a fake psychic and his sidekick. Wow, there's a tongue twister in there somewhere. And my daughter loves the show. And so one of the things on her list was a psych stuffed toy of some kind, some sort of psych merchandise, please, oh God, please. And then she wanted a Wii controller and a Wii nunchuck and a new Wii game. And I mean, this list just poured out of her stuff that I, right, we have no idea she has any interest in whatsoever. Well, I say to my wife, well, honey, I mean, 
for the longest time, she's wanted a Razor scooter. You know those Razor scooters that were so fashionable seven years ago or whatever? She's, she, you know, her brother has one. She still likes it. What if we, we've been putting it off for two years now. Why don't we finally just get her the Razor? She's eight years old. And my wife's like, no, she'll hurt herself. She, you know her, she'll fall on her face. Well, then Hudson and I somehow inherit inherit the uh, task of getting her, her birthday gifts at the last second because we've thought we were going to Hawaii, so we didn't get anything because we thought we were going to be in Hawaii and we're going to be in Hawaii and we don't take anything to Hawaii, right? Okay. So we, he and I run around. We, you know, I always get the, these things into my head. And I've told you this before. Like I decide arbitrarily what I think things are worth. And then if, and then we have to look for that thing at that price. And if it takes forever, you know what? So be it. So the first place we go is Target. And we're going to look for walkie talkies and uh, something else. I forget what. Oh, protection. Uh, you know, uh, elbow and, sh- and knee pads for her. So when she rides her bike and she falls over, she won't get hurt. Okay. Elbow, knee, wrist. Okay. So we go to Target first and we find some walkie talkies, but I look at them like, uh, they look too inexpensive. I don't know. And they're rated, they're only rated for half a mile in the city. Like she doesn't even want these stupid things. And I'm worried that she's not going to be able to, right? But we don't buy the walkie-talkies at Target because it's a madhouse in there because we're in there on the weekend. And I never go to Target on the weekend. I go to Target at 8.05 in the morning on Tuesday morning. I don't go right in the middle of the day on a Sunday. That's when everybody else is there. No, thank you. Well, needless to say, Hudson and I drive all over. We went, uh, we were at Target. We were at Toys R Us. We were at sports authority we were at big five we were at party city we were at mike we went to so many stores that day and the problem with walkie talkies is if you don't buy the small looking ones that seem like they right only a half a mile but are reasonably priced at target you spend the rest of your day grinding your teeth about how expensive walkie talkies are because again, we don't want to buy the cheap $5 walkie-talkies. Well, not really five, but you know what I mean? Like $15 walkie-talkies that are in the plastic toy science department. We have to buy real walkie-talkies that are in the real walkie-talkie department that are $40. No way. So finally, we give up, Hudson and I. Now, we found her protection. We got her some canvases, some canvas board, you know to paint on because she's really right into that kind of thing. And we bought, we ended up going back to Target for the walkie-talkies, this big circular cluster. So what, and something, some other stuff, I, I can't even remember. That was the main thing. Maybe a book or something, I don't know. Oh, yes. And at Toys R Us, we found an Angry Birds plush toy that you put on your backpack. And here we are, we're searching all over, and, and I say to Hudson, Hudson, because Hudson saw it, he saw a kid had it, and we found it. I said, Hudson, no matter what we buy your sister, I'm telling you right now, no matter what the size, the intricacy, the cost, the color, doesn't matter, her favorite thing is going to be that stupid angry bird. And he's like, I know, it's so cool. So she opens her gifts, and... We spread it out because a few in the morning and then we had to do something in the, or maybe Melissa had to go work and then the rest in the afternoon. 
And then, of course, she starts crying because there's no remote control helicopter. And we're like, baby, we didn't think you were that serious about it. She says, but I wanted it. She says, but you had never brought it up ever, ever in the history of ever, ever, that you wanted, had any interest in, that you even knew that they existed, that the remote control helicopter. But she's really upset, and we're still feeling bad about the Hawaii thing. Because we're all very aware of the fact that we are in Los Angeles and had been assuming we would be in Hawaii on her birthday for the last month. So we say, well, tell you what, how about this? You can buy the helicopter with your own money that you got from uh, Nana. Wouldn't that be a great idea? Because that's what that money's for. People give you money for your birthday to buy things you want. And if that's something you really want, and that's what you should do, and that's what you should do, because we already bought all this other jazz. So now we're going to go, we meaning me and the kids, now we got to go to Target and look for remote control helicopters. Because we always go to Target because, and this is not an advertisement for Target, but that's just where we go first. Because you know what? There is a certain likelihood that you're going to find what you're looking for at Stupid Target. And then Hudson says, hey, Dad, you know what? I want to get with some of my birthday money because he still has his birthday money because, you know, he doesn't know what he wants. I'm thinking of getting a skateboard. And I go, oh, geez, here we go. Because I know what's coming. Two things are coming. One of two things. Maybe both things. One His mother is not going to allow him to buy a skateboard. No way. Because she is a mother and she's a helicopter mother and she's worried. Not a remote control helicopter mother, just a helicopter mother. She doesn't want him to get hurt on a skateboard. And she's never going to sanction the skateboard thing, just like she wouldn't sanction the razor. And the whole time that Hudson and I are driving all over town looking for gifts, we just keep saying to ourselves, if Melissa would let us get the razor, right? We'd be done with the shopping. Your sister would be so happy with a razor. I had to pick up a guitar pick that I dropped because I apparently need something to fiddle with while we discuss this in great detail. So, um, so he says to his mother, Hudson, Hudson says to his mother, I want to get a skateboard. And you know what she says? Okay. So now I'm worried that the other thing is going to be the case, which is he's going to bring the skateboard home. He's going to fall a couple times. He's going to break his wrist, break his nose, skin himself alive, and he's going to throw it in the garbage. But you know what? It's not my money. It's gift money, and I don't care, and I don't care. And he looks online, and skateboards are about $25, which was kind of disappointing because he also wanted to get this book. This Alex Ryder book. You know, Alex Ryder is like a teenage James Bond or something. And it's the final novel of the Alex Ryder series, and it just came out, and he wanted to get that, but he can't get that and the skateboard. Oh, well, too bad. You got to make choices in life. So we go to Home uh, We go to Home Depot. We go to, uh, what do you call it, Target? And sure enough, they have remote control helicopters. Not only do they have remote control helicopters, they have like three or four to choose from. And my daughter actually is able to find one that isn't incredibly crazy expensive. It's kind of within the general budget that we set up. And my son, and I don't know how he did this, but it is apparently possible. 
he found a $10 skateboard. Now he's looking at all the skateboards and they've got this kind and that kind and the Tony Hawk and the this and the that. And the one he wants is very plain. He doesn't like the like gaudy graphics. That's my boy. But he finds one that has like bright, almost chroma key green deck, you know, the underside of the deck and these kind of fluorescent green matching wheels and a very simple logo on it. You know, it just says, uh, I think it's made by maple or something. So it's like, dad, I really want this one. And it, somebody had already taken the little box off the wheels that they put off. They put a box on two of the wheels so you won't ride it around the store and kill yourself and then sue the store. Well, someone had already taken those wheels off and he's rolling it in the store and it's going very slowly. And I don't want to say anything because I got to tell you, a slow skateboard sounds really good right about now. So he's really got his heart set on this green one and we do the price scan and it's only $9.99. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. And he's like, yeah, dad. And I can still get my book. Like this kid somehow cracked the whip and thread the needle and got the skateboard and the book for the $25 he had on his Target gift card. I I don't know how he did it. So we spent her birthday. I think it was her birthday. Maybe it was the day after. He would go up to the top of our hill and skateboard down. And she and I stood in the front yard flying a helicopter. Now, we couldn't really control the helicopter. It didn't really, didn't really want to turn left or right, but it would go up. It would go up and then come down and go up and come down. It would crash and crash and crash and crash. And as those things do, no matter what you pay for them, um, they last one day, maybe day and a half. But eventually, you know, one of the little leggies breaks off. The nose has hit the street enough where it's cracking. It'll only last for really about 10 minutes on a charge, not even. And then you got to take a break. What kid wants to take a break? Certainly not mine. But we didn't end up going anywhere. We just stayed here. They went to visit their grandparents early on in spring break. That was always the case. They were going to visit my folks before we went to Hawaii. And so they still did that, that we just didn't go to Hawaii afterwards. And of course, and I don't know why this always is, it, it always works out this way. So my parents have the kids and then my wife and I are supposed to go pick the kids up at my folks' house and we're supposed to be there at such and such a clock. But we're late because that night... Or that morning, the heat decides to stop working. Now, why these sorts of things always seem to go wrong when Melissa and I are supposed to be down at my parents, I don't know. It's always something, and whatever that something is, that's when it happens. So I spend the morning, the one morning, right, where we could just kind of be relaxing. All right, well, she was working. I could have been relaxing, doing something. I'm fiddling around with the GD heater, and we have this old floor furnace. And the pilot light goes out. Now, last time that the guy came to light the pilot, I had been trying, I told you this, I'd been trying to light the pilot where the pilot light wasn't. And I was probably basically burning the wires of the thing. So then when the guy came to really light it, I really paid attention to where the cap really was that you're supposed to lift off and 
put your match down there. So I even went to Home Depot and I got this big extendo thing that I could put a match in so I could stick it down there, but I couldn't get to the opening. The angle was too crazy. Now the, the, the thing, the whatever, the opening for the furnace has this big grate on the front. And I couldn't remember how the guy got the front of the grate off. It's this big thing. And if you pull on it, it's stuck. Because there's one on the other side of the wall, and they're kind of fused together. They're bolted together. And I'm pulling on it, and I'm pulling on it, and I can't get it apart. My wife's giving me help because I'm scratching the wall, and she doesn't want me to scratch the wall because she's the one that's going to have to do the touch-up paint, and the paint is five years old, and five-year-old paint doesn't match the new paint. Once you get out the can of paint and put on the new paint, it doesn't match the old paint because the old paint's been on the wall, and the new paint's been in the can. Well, I cannot for the life of me get to this pilot light to light it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I am driving myself insane. And I've just about ripped the heat thing off of the wall because I no longer care. Because it's no longer about getting warm. It's about me lighting the pilot light or at least trying to light, at least getting to the thing that I shoved the match down there to get to the pilot light. So, needless to say, I failed. Complete failure, never happened, never happened. So, I call the gas company and they say, well, we can have somebody out there in three days. And I say, please. And they say, okay, too. And I promise myself and my wife that I'm going to videotape, if I have to, the guy lighting the pilot light so I can see what he does. Because I've just about pulled the whole big great thing out of the wall several times. It no longer will even fit because I've been so mean to it. The guy from the gas company eventually shows up. He walks in. Now, so this grate, you have to picture the grate. The grate is this... I don't even know how to describe it. I should have given this some serious thought because... Hmm. It's like half a, it's like a almost triangular thing that goes up against the wall, let's say. Okay. So it's perpendicular on the back where it goes kind of against the wall, but then it comes out at an angle, like, you know, triangular, right? And in the front of this thing is the actual grate where the heat comes out, you know, the like, the venti part. Okay. And so what I've been doing is sticking my fingers between the wall and this triangular thing and trying to pull the crap out of it and get it out of the wall. And I'm dying to see how the gas guy does it. The gas guy walks up to it, lifts the grate, the part that's just the grate, not the triangle part, just the little grate in the front and lifts it out with his pinkies. Just ching and it's gone. It's out. He sets it aside. There's the opening for the pilot light. There's the thing. You turn, you take this off, you stick your match in there. Basically, I have destroyed the frame in which the grate sits for no reason. Well, he can't light the pilot light. And he keeps trying, keeps trying, and he's shoving more matches down there, and he's turning the thing, and he's turning it harder, and he's grunting. And the last time the guy did this, it took him about 20 seconds. And this guy is really struggling. So I go from optimism to, like, this guy really is a loser. He can't figure this out to, no, this guy's not a loser. This Something's wrong. 
so he says, yeah, um, it's not lighting. It's not the mini vac, mini volt system must be dead. The generator, the thing, something, the Framus is no longer working. You're going to have to get a guy in. All right. Well, an hour or two prior to this, I thought I was going to be fine with my $2 box of wooden matches in my extendo thingy. Now I got to get a guy in. So we get a guy in. He crawls under the house with a camera, with a digital camera. These guys are crazy now. He crawls under the house with a camera. Like a digital SLR. And then he comes back around into my house and he's got, and he's all, you know, he's been under the house. And he's traipsing through the house <laughs> with the camera in one hand and a, and a monitor in the other, like a TV. And he starts setting this beat up, grimy flat screen on my kitchen counter to show me, yeah, you got some rollout here. And now you got a crack and your valve is obviously, it needs replaced. And I, you know, we could do $4,000. But this $4,000 version of the repair is um, basically they cut the wall open. They take out the old furnace and they, uh, it's questionable how legal it is. To then replace it with a furnace just like it. Now, apparently you can still kind of get the furnaces still kind of from the late 40s. They're sort of made now, but not really. There's something about them that's maybe not necessarily legal, up to code, safe. So apparently for $4,000, these guys will put an illegal heater in, under my house. Great. So then, you know, Melissa and I are talking like, well, should we really, I mean, is that how you treat an old house is you just keep putting old and illegal outdated uh, technology into it? Or are we going to have to bite the bullet? Because see, now keep in mind, this isn't like your house or your apartment building or your apartment or your school or wherever you live or work, or whatever you do, right? We don't have little vents that gently blow out warm air in the winter and then it sucks it in this part and goes back to the furnace. No, 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 no. We have a fire under the baseboards, right? That's essentially what this furnace is. It's a fire between the hallway and the living room. And it's a, if it gets cold in the house, then the fire goes on and it makes a fire. And the fire's hot and then the, it heats up the house and then the fire goes out. So listen, I think, well, maybe we should bring the house into at least the 21st century and we should get some quotes on, uh, uh, you know, a real furnace, a modern furnace, a normal won't kill you, burn your house down from the rollout or the crack or the this or the that furnace. So this morning, just a couple hours ago, right before we started discussing all of this hoopla, a guy came out and he looked around, he measured, nice guy, nice guy. He had a pressed shirt on and slacks, the embroidered carrier logo on one sleeve, Oh, right? He put on little booties when he came in the door. Now, you know you're in trouble, I think. When the guy walks in and immediately puts little paper booties over your, his shoes like he's going to perform surgery. Because I think we all know what he's going to extract. And I'm pretty sure we know from where it will be extracted. 
Well, I haven't gotten that quote, but he ballparked roughly. Well, you know, blah, and then this, you know, seven grand, eight, maybe seven, eight, seven, eight grand. Really? Now, for those of you that live in cold weather climates, the this is even more ridiculous if you start to think of how cold it gets here. Really, nothing that a, a good wool sweater couldn't cure. Right? Really? Like when it gets when my when my house is at its coldest in the winter, people from like New York or Minnesota would be in shorts, rejoicing that they didn't have to pay the oil bill. So I realize that these are the problems of a very, very fortunate man. But it's a fortunate, fortunate man who does not want to part with $7,000, $8,000 to heat the house. Especially since it's not really that much heat. We've been doing fine with a tiny fire under the floorboards. So now I have to find a guy who represents a company that'll do it. Uh, who won't wear booties in the house. I need a guy that'll is just right professional enough to do a great job, but not so professional that he's going to protect the rugs when he comes in for the quote, right? Is that, does that seem fair? Well, I have to go. What time is it? Wow. I really do have to go. Okay. I have to go. I have to go. My follow-up examination. She's going to dilate my eyes. She gave me some contact lenses. The doctor, the eye doctor gave me some contact lenses to try. Now, this is ridiculous, and I know. See, when I used to go to my other eye doctor, he would always convince me I should try to get that LASIK uh, stuff. Is that what it's called, LASIK? And, but, but I'm over 40 or 45 or whenever it is that my eyes went and changed, you know, so I need 13 different prescriptions. So he said, well, you know, people your age, what they sometimes do, because I have an astigmatism and I need reading lenses and I need this. He says, well, what, what they do is they get one eye done for distance, and one eye done for um, reading. To which I respond, <laughs> no, they don't. And he's like, yeah, they do. And I'm like, no, no, they don't. And he's like, yeah, they do. And I'm like, I don't. Capiche? Because that's, and he's like, no, 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 They're, your brain eventually compensates and you just use, you know, you kind of favor the one eye for distance and one eye for reading. So when I went to the eye doctor and I said, listen, I need contacts, but I only need to wear them about two days a year, if that, for when I happen to have an acting job where they don't want me to wear my glasses. So she said, we'll tell you what, let's do the thing where we get you some cheap, right, contact lenses. Maybe they don't correct everything, but you put one in for distance, one in for reading that way, right? If you need to read the script, you can maybe read it. If you need to drive, you can drive, whatever, whatever. Well, I had these loaners that I wore yesterday and then another day. And um, you know what? You, you don't compensate. You know what you do? You you can't see well. You can't really, you can see better than nothing. I mean, granted, it's much better than nothing, but it's irritating as hell because you can kind of see when you're driving, you can see the distance, but your other eye's trying to read. And when you're trying to read, your other eye's trying to see far away. And you can't go around with one eye shut. You look like a pirate or something. It doesn't work. You need both eyes to be perfectly gauged and dilated. Well, not dilated. I've got to go get them dilated right now. But anyway, it doesn't work. My eyes, I'm beginning to think that most people can't see. 
Because I go into these offices and I'm like, well, you know, I really like to see and like, oh, yeah, some people aren't as picky. Like, really? How are they driving around not seeing? Just so they don't have glasses on their face? Are you serious? We are a vain, vain, stupid culture. It scares me to death. Maybe that's why there's so many accidents here in Los Angeles. It's all the people that don't wear glasses. that's it for the bitterest pill for this time thank you for downloading thank you for supporting the show I do appreciate it uh, tell a friend if you ever want to give me a call 888-315-5753 I've got to go I don't think I even have time to eat a little something before I go to the doctor that was bad timing i got to be there so soon oh well anyway listen I'll talk to you soon um, visit me on Facebook follow me on Twitter at uh, you know it's a slash Dan class Facebook you know how to search the blog, uh, you know, website, thebitterestpill.com. And uh, yeah, more uh, next time. Okay, thank you. Bye now. Aloha. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's duck.